Welcome to Today, Not Tomorrow, the podcast that empowers you to take charge of your fitness journey one day at a time. Join your host, IFBB pro bodybuilder and online fitness coach, Alex Gibson, as he dives into the world of health, wellness, and personal growth, offering expert insights, practical tips, and inspiring stories to kickstart your motivation. Welcome back to another episode of the Today Not Tomorrow podcast, aka the TNT pod for short. And so this is your host, IFBB Pro Alex Gibson, and excited to talk to you guys today about building your nutritional foundation, right? Because when it comes to nutrition, there is a plethora of different information out there. It's obviously a very nuanced concept where a lot of people have different opinions. There's a lot of different scientific studies. Uh, and there's a lot of different information when it comes out to nutrition that ultimately can lead you to being where I was when I started my fitness journey, confused with what to do. And so in this podcast, I'm going to be trying to break things down as simply as possible and at least give you guys a basic starting point when it comes to understanding what you need to do to feel your body properly for better progress in the gym. Uh, and then also outside the gym, you should feel a lot more energized. You shouldn't have to rely on caffeine as much. If you are checking off the bases, checking off the boxes per se with your nutrition. So um, let's start off with figuring out your nutritional needs, right? Because the first thing you need to understand when it comes to nutrition is that, you know, what Sally in the office is eating in terms of calories per day, protein content, or what John, your best friend is eating is going to be drastically different than what your body needs more than likely, right? Because nutrition needs to be very customized to the individual. And so you can't just see what someone else is doing and then try to copy their exact approach because calories could be too high. They could be too low. Protein could be too high, too low, right? So we need to make sure that everything we do is customized to our body. So to understand that, we need to understand what is our total daily energy expenditure, aka your TDEE, right? And that's going to depend on several different factors. So number one, it's going to be dependent on your height, your weight, your age, uh, because over time, you know, your energy needs when you're 60 might be different than your energy needs when you're 20, right? Your sex. So if you're a male, right, typically males can eat higher calories because our bodies work distinctly, distinctly different than females, right? So uh, not to mention on average, you know, males are also a lot heavier than females, right? So your age, I mean, your sex is going to be factored into the equation uh, when it comes to, you know, how much you should be eating per day. Uh, body fat percentage is another one uh, that's good to know when it comes to calculating your total daily energy expenditure. Uh, if you don't know, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to you know, be a reason why you can't get a relatively accurate number for your total daily energy expenditure. Uh, but if you do know it, or at least a ballpark figure of where your body fat percentage is at, that can help make your estimate a little bit more accurate. Uh, another thing you're going to want to kind of factor in is muscle mass, right? Because and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with body fat percentage because you know, someone could be 220 pounds and, you know, 10% body fat because they have a ton of muscle mass. And then someone can be 220 pounds. So the exact same weight, but be at like 25 or 30% body fat because they have a lot of body fat and very little muscle, right? So obviously the calorie needs are going to be very, very different for these two individuals because muscle mass is metabolically active tissue, meaning that it's going to need energy to sustain it. Right. So if you have a high level of muscle mass, you know, chances are you can eat a lot more food than someone else, maybe who has less muscle mass than you. 
activity level. So activity level would be like, you know, how many times a week you go to the gym, but also would be uh, something based on like your steps per day. So that'd be like your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, aka your knee. Uh, and then last but not least, your body type, right? So ectomorphs, those are typically individuals who have longer limbs, have been skinnier uh, on the skinnier side of things for most of their life. Mesomorph is kind of in the middle. It's kind of like the hybrid body type. Uh, we're typically, you know, they're decently built, but they're not always the very leanest at the same time. So they're not typically as lean as an ectomorph. And then we have an endomorph. So an endomorph, on the other hand, is going to be someone who's struggled with their weight their entire life, right? And so those are, you know, those underlying body types will be connected to, you know, how fast or slow someone's metabolism is. Metabolism in this context, just meaning how many calories they're, they're going to be burning per day. So the easiest way to estimate your total daily energy expenditure based on a lot of those factors above is going to be to go to a website called tdeecalculator.net. And so just type that into your search bar, click enter, and then boom, it's going to take you to that website. And so it's a great website. And the reason why I use it is because the mifflin saint Gior equation is a gold standard. It's an equation that's been around for a very long time uh, that is very useful when it comes to calculating your total daily energy expenditure. And so because this website uses the Mifflin St. Gior and you actually don't have to do, you know, the complicated formula by hand, it's a huge time saver and just makes it a lot easier for the average person to calculate their total daily energy expenditure. So once you get this number, right, once you plug in your data, uh, individual to you and you get this number, I don't want you to take this number as absolute, but I want you to eat at that level for, you know, a week, two weeks, and then really look at what the data is telling you in terms of your body weight. So Honestly, throughout that period, weighing yourself daily would probably be beneficial because we need to find a foundation for approximately how many calories your body burns per day, aka your TDE, before we can really dive into, all right, you know, this is what we're going to do to gain weight or this is what we're going to do to lose weight, right? So we need to have that base number, uh, that foundation per se, in terms of how our body's metabolism is working and how many calories we're burning per day. From there, you know, we need to have a basic understanding of macros. And so macros are obviously something that's talked about a lot in the fitness industry. And so I want to just break it down into very easy to understand terms. And um, there's definitely a lot of like things we can talk about specifically with each macro that's unique to each macro. Uh, but I want to kind of give you a high level overview. And then in future episodes, we can maybe talk a little bit more in depth about certain things that are unique about carbs or certain things that are unique about protein. But First and foremost, we need to understand, you know, how many calories do protein, fats, and carbs have have per gram, right? So the best acronym or the best way to remember this is PC4F9. So I always joke around, it kind of sounds like something you type into your computer if you were like a software uh, designer or, you know, a computer programmer. Kind of sounds a little bit weird. It sounds like something you type in your computer, but PC4 stands for protein and carbs are going to be four calories per gram and fat's going to be nine calories per gram. So Part of the reason why, you know, fat, fat gets kind of bad press or people look down on fat is because it has so many calories per gram, right? So it's going to have about 2.25 times more calories per gram than either protein or carbs. And so fat inherently is not bad for you. But when we talk about fat, you need to consider what types of fats you are consuming per day, right? So saturated and trans fats are going to be fats that are very, very hard for our body to break down. And saturated and trans fats have also been linked to a lot of diseases and a lot of uh, health conditions that you don't want to find yourself facing. And so 
Uh, saturated and trans fats, I like to abbreviate them as ST for an easy way for you to remember this. So ST, think of it as like if you're writing out an address for like street, right? Those are the bad fats. On the opposite end of the spectrum, right, we have healthy fats. So that's going to be polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats. And so polyunsaturated fats and monounsaturated fats will come from things like avocados, extra virgin olive oil, and other you know food sources like that. And so uh, the way that I remember this is I abbreviate polyunsaturated and monounsaturated as PM, right? So the opposite of AM when we're you know writing out time, right? We either write at like 12 AM or 12 PM, right? So the opposite of AM is PM, right? And so that's the way that I always remember what the healthy fats are. And so, like I said, you know, fat has nine calories per gram and fat's really going to be something that's going to really help aid in your hormones. So that's why you don't want to drive fats down way too low in your nutrition. Typically you want about 15 to 25% of your daily calories to come in the form of fats. And so now that we've gotten that out of the way, right? We don't want to demonize fats. It really just kind of depends on what types of fats you're consuming per day. And by the way, right, if you're eating a high protein diet, you probably will be getting some saturated fat, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? As long as you are picking out, you know, very, very lean protein sources where you're getting primarily protein and you're getting low amounts of saturated fat. So saturated fat typically is found a lot in meats. And so trying to transitioning from there over to protein, right? So protein is four calories per gram, and I like to call protein the golden macronutrient. So General rule of thumb, uh, but this can definitely change uh, on a bio-individual basis, right? Strive for minimum about one gram per pound per day. And I will bring people slightly higher than this. So depending on, you know, their specific background, depending on how much muscle they have and a variety of different factors, I will be bring people up maybe to like 1.2, maybe slightly higher uh, than that, but 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. And so, for example, I weigh about 225 pounds and I actually consume about like 300 grams per day. And so, do you necessarily need to be, you know, eating 75 grams more uh, than your body weight? Not necessarily. But that being said, I love my protein and I have a high level of muscle mass. And so, I just want to, you know, be safe and protective of that muscle mass as protein is the building blocks of our muscles, right? So, as protein uh, is essentially comprised of an abundance of amino acids. And so in terms of like the amino acids uh, that are going to be, you know, kind of the most relevant uh, for building muscle mass, right? we're going to be looking at like isoleucine, we're going to look at leucine, and then we're going to look at valine. So those are three really, really important amino acids. But what makes a complete, complete protein is the abundance of amino acids in the correct ratios of amino acids that form together to be considered like complete proteins that we'd find through like a protein powder, through, you know, meat, through you know, Greek yogurt, et cetera, right? So when we're looking at like a nutrition label and it says like there's nine grams of protein, right? That's nine grams of complete proteins. And so besides, you know, being the golden macronutrient, helping to protect muscle mass, uh, helping us to build muscle mass, like what else is protein great for? So, you know, protein's also great for keeping you satiated, right? So it makes you feel full after you consume it. So if you've had like, you know, a 10 ounce steak, 12 ounce steak, chances are you felt really, really full, uh, for a long time afterwards, because it actually requires the most amount of energy of any macronutrient to break down protein in our body. So, you know, we burn more calories through digestion of protein than we do through the digestion of carbs or fats. And so, you know, if you're, let's say at a high body fat percentage, now you're trying to cut, like, obviously, yeah, you want to have the protein. So when you cut, you know, we can primarily target more of the body fat and less of the muscle, right? Because we're getting an adequate protein intake. Uh, but let's say, you know, you're 
you know, well above 20 to 25% body fat and your, your goal is to get really lean. Well, technically, if we look at the science, right, you don't necessarily need one gram per pound of body weight because if you have a lot of body fat, body fat does not require protein. <laughs> so, you know, protein is going to help our muscle tissue, right? And so if we look at it from that perspective, you don't necessarily need to get one gram per pound of body weight if you do have a lot of excess body fat on your frame right now. However, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't suggest that someone still tries to eat one gram per pound of body weight or over if they have a high body fat percentage. The reason is, is because obviously one of the biggest things when it comes to dieting or losing weight is your adherence to your nutrition, right? And so if we feel more satisfied from the foods we're eating, and like we just determined, right, and we just talked about, right, protein is going to have the highest satiating effect, right, then we can potentially reduce our cravings to go off plan, eat more calories than we're supposed to, while still seeing the progress that we want. And so it can be a great way to curb uh, those cravings by having more protein. And so you're feeling less hungry throughout the day, even if your calories are, let's say around 2000 or even lower than that. So that's a little bit about protein in terms of carbs, right? Carbs are the chief energy officers. So I like to call them the CEOs of our body. And so when we look at carbs, right, we primarily have two different types of carbs. We have simple carbs and we have complex carbs. And so whether the carbs are simple or whether they're complex, they're both going to be broken down into glucose. And so glucose is essentially just blood sugar, right? And so if we look at, you know, simple carbs, so the reason why they're simple is because they're fast absor absorbing and they're also pretty easy to digest. And the whole reason behind that is because simple carbs are comprised of only one or two sugar molecules, whereas complex carbs, on the other hand, have three or more sugar molecules. And on top of that, complex carbs tend to have a lot of fibers. So fiber is an indigestible carb, which is harder to break down. And so because complex carbs have three or more sugar molecules and also typically have fiber in them as well, it's going to take a lot longer for us to break down those carbs. And so think of simple carbs as, you know, quick energy and complex carbs are a little bit more sustained energy uh, from that perspective. And so does that mean we shouldn't consume simple carbs at all? No, right? Because actually pre-workout, we really need those simple carbs. So we have that quick energy for our workout that we can actually access and utilize within about 30 minutes to an hour. So if you ate like a complex carb pre-workout, let's say you had like sweet potatoes, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before you went to train, well, chances are your training session will be over before your body's actually really, really utilizing uh, those sweet potatoes fully because it takes several hours and it's a lot longer process to digest complex carbs. So Around your training sessions, simple carbs are going to be a better option. However, you know, consuming all simple carbs can be very detrimental to your health because simple carbs typically don't have fiber in them, which fiber is great for regular bowel movements. Uh, fiber is great for also keeping you full. Uh, and simple carbs in general are going to spike your blood sugar a lot more, which is going to cause your pancreas to work overtime to just uh, produce more insulin to help drive down your blood sugar after eating. And so simple carbs and complex carbs, you know, both have their time in place. You know, ideally a nutrition plan would have a combination of those two different types of carbs. Uh, but like we talked about, simple carbs are going to be better timed around your workout about 99% of the time. And so when we also talk about carbs, you know, performance in the gym comes from carbs, right? That's why I'm not a fan of keto. Uh, and our muscles have glycogen stores. And so glycogen is stored glucose in the muscle, right? And so like we talked about, simple and complex carbs will both be converted into glucose, 
And so essentially that glucose will be stored, some of it will be stored in our muscles, and that's what forms our glycogen stores. And so glycogen stores are going to help your muscles look rounder, fuller, but also they're going to be kind of that reserve energy uh, that we're going to be utilizing throughout our strength training sessions. And then when we talk about, you know, our brain, because our brain is obviously very important as well, glucose is going to be the brain's preferred fuel source. And so that's a little general overview of about macros. I know there's a lot of information, but hopefully, you know, you took a few key things away. And if you don't remember anything, remember PC4F9 and then remember the street and then remember the PM uh, uh, acronyms when it comes to uh, the healthy fats and the bad fats. So moving down to micros, right? What do we need to know about micros? So micros are vitamins and minerals. And, you know, we get some of the micronutrients uh, from the foods that we're consuming. Uh, however, a lot of people don't get enough fruits and vegetables in. And so fruits and vegetables are going to be key uh, to really getting a healthy abundance of micronutrients on a daily basis. And so micronutrients can do everything from helping with various brain functions to supporting digestion to actually even assisting hormone production, right? So micronutrients are a little bit more complex in uh, the different ways that they help to support our cells and to help support our body's vitality as a whole, right? So there's so many different functions uh, of specific micronutrients. And the purpose of this podcast is really not to go through all of them, uh, but just know that your micros are very, very important as well, as well as your macros. And so the best way to get them in is to eat, you know, variety of fruits and vegetables, but maybe you don't eat a ton of fruit on a daily basis, or maybe you don't eat a lot of vegetables on a consistent basis, right? What are some other ways that you can get your micronutrients in? So buying a great multivitamin can be a way that you can get a lot of different vitamins in on a daily basis. So I actually take the caged uh, multivitamin every single day. So love that. Uh, and that's one way that I make sure I am getting a healthy abundance of vitamins and minerals in, aka my micros. And then on top of that, you know, supplementing with like a greens powder uh, can also be a way to get a lot of different micronutrients as well. So that's specifically an easy hack for someone who maybe doesn't like or enjoy fruits and vegetables on a consistent basis. And so micros, like I said, are also a very important part of the equation for us to consider. And so before I kind of you know finish off this podcast, I want to talk about like common roadblocks for tracking carbs and protein because uh, to create more nutritional awareness, I think it's always a great tool to either be on a meal plan under the guidance of a coach or if you're on your own to be tracking your food in some, some way, shape, or form. And typically, most people are going to use MyFitnessPal for that purpose. And so the first one that I really see with uh, protein, and this is a question that my clients ask me a lot, is should I weigh my protein you know, cooked or raw? And so specifically in this context, we're talking about meat uh, or we're talking about a protein source that you would cook. And so I always tell my clients it really doesn't matter that much but be consistent with your approach. So either always weigh your protein cooked or always weigh your protein raw. And so I actually always weigh my protein cooked. And so I've never in my whole entire fitness journey weighed it raw. So I just honestly, like I said, I just weigh it cooked. So the thing is, is that, you know, yes, I know that protein will lose about 25% of its weight when cooked. So technically about eight ounces raw will be about six ounces cooked. And the protein content will be the same between six, six ounces cooked and eight ounces raw. However, like let's say, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, get 50 grams of protein in and uh, I am weighing it cooked, right? I might get more than 60 grams of protein in actually uh, because that would be like about 10, 10-ish ounces, maybe 11 ounces, close to 11 ounces raw. 
I might be getting more than, you know, 50 to 60 grams in, but then let's say, you know, now I'm going from eight ounces cooked, uh, to seven ounces cooked because I'm cutting, right. The calories are still going to be less. And so I'm consistent with my approach. So it's still going to work whether I'm trying to eat more protein or less protein on a daily basis. And so that's just really a preference thing, but pick one way and then consistently do it that way. Another common thing when it comes to carbs is like pasta or rice is like how to track that, right? Or how to, how to like weigh out the portion sizes, right? And so when it comes to pasta and rice, when you look at the label, it's going to say the, the raw weight, the dry weight, right? And so typically for pasta, I see about a times two multiplier. So about a hundred grams dry will be about 200 grams cooked. And then with rice, it can vary on the type of rice, but typically I see that multiplier being somewhere closer to about 2.5 or three. Uh, specifically with white rice, it's typically about three, but I like to say it's always best to try to measure that yourself, right? So what do you do, right? You weigh out the dry weight of the pasta or the rice because the dry weight is going to correlate to the nutrition label. And then once you have that amount, then you cook it, right? And then you weigh it again to see how much the weight increased. And then you found out your multiplier, which makes it easy to do simple math to figure out how many carbs you actually got from that pasta or from that rice. And so that's how I always tell my clients to do it is, uh, you know, weigh it dry and then weigh it cooked and bulk prep it makes it a lot easier too. So then you're not having to cook, you know, rice or cook pasta every single day. Uh, and just figure out what that multiplier is because that multiplier will lead you to do some simple math, uh, to figure out like how many grams of carbs you're getting from the pasta or the rice. And so this was, you know, the episode on building your nutritional foundation. And so we'll dive more into, like I said, some more specifics, uh, about, you know, these different macronutrients and, you know, different protein sources you should be consuming. And if there's anything you want to see specifically, let me know or hear about specifically. I'm all ears. Uh, but building your foundation, first and foremost, you want to figure out how many calories your body needs on a daily basis. Then based on your goal, right, either like well, after you test that number, so first test that number to see, all right, am I eating the right amount? Uh, how's my weight changing, right? If your weight's not changing when you test the number, that's a really, really good uh, estimation that your total daily energy expenditure, aka your maintenance level is correct. Then from there, right, you add calories in or you subtract calories to either bulk or to cut, right? And then from there, you want to, you know, understand, you know, what quality food sources you should be consuming and you want a proper ratio of protein, fats, and carbs. You want to make sure you're getting your micros in, and then you want to make sure that you're actually tracking things accurately. But like I said, we'll dive more into the specifics of some of those topics later on. I just don't want to, you know, make this podcast an hour or two hours long, but appreciate you guys. If you enjoyed the show, if you learned something new, uh, please consider giving me uh, a review or, you know, giving me a thumbs up uh, on this podcast. I really appreciate your support and I'll see you in the next one. Take care.